ナイスナイス Hello everyone and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight I have our poser extraordinaire, Nitai. Hey yo, we actually made it, dude. We made it! Alright, Nitai, we gotta, we gotta get down to this though, because as sad as it is, we have to get through this. This is our final mm. review of JoJo's Part five. It's over, man. It's it's been almost a year, but it's over. Yep. So this uh, review will be covering episodes thirty four through the finale, which is episode thirty nine. So I think we'll just we'll start from the and also we're gonna do at the when we get done we're gonna do a kind of look back and our overall thoughts of part five in comparison to all the other animated parts. Mm-hmm. So uh, this this episode will be a little bit longer than our typical part five reviews. Somewhat of an extravaganza, some would say. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Or perhaps a a requiem. Ooh. Jesus, please <laughs> which no. Is, which is, which leads me excellently into the uh, first pair of episodes that we want to talk about, which is the requiem gently plays parts one and two. Moshimoshi um, Makoto Shinkai Des. <laughs> Your name is that you? Yeah, fuck it. It's been a Jesus while. Christ. Is that the sequel? Um, I I don't I don't know why any of us are really surprised by the feels because we all know that Rocky can just instantaneously bring on the feels when he yeah. wants to. Um, and it's this like oh a character you really like and, and and sympathize with oh fuck you. You like that dog? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> we'll get to the dog later probably. <laughs> I mean, there was a dog in this sequence of episodes. For once, he was saved. <laughs> I mean, he was turned into a person, but sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. A lot of a lot of people, especially manga readers, were probably a little shocked when they got at this part and and you know saw the enormous feels. Um, I, I got before ask, this feels, we have a bunch of laughs, which is yeah, even more, absolutely, um, yeah. which is kind of you know bait and switch a little bit i suppose um, yeah but i do want to talk about this because you're you're an anime only watcher of jojo's um so were you at, at all confused at any point during the sequence where they've switched bodies like who so, was supposed to be who so yeah it, it's strange but i but like at first you have the whole like you know like as usual in JoJo, you have the first bit which is like confusing as shit, but then you sort of get it. But what I I love about like the way this I don't know how it plays out in the manga, but in the anime, I think the like what the element that grounds this entire like uh, effect of like them switching bodies is the fact that the voice actors don't change between the roles. What they do like the voice actors remain the same for each character. But they change the the way they uh, uh, announce it and pronounce stuff. It's just the whole yeah. acting, I guess, of the character that reflects the whichever person is inside that current body, and that's brilliant. Because the moment Trish jumps out, uses the handgun, and starts speaking very aggressively, very you know, Mister, like it's like, oh wait, I get it. <laughs> and like I guess in the manga, it's way more like it takes a bit more time to realize that because you just 
based on well, text. No, done... there's, yeah. yeah, there's no voices in the manga. So. Yeah, but but shout out to the voice actors, to the Seiyus. They did a brilliant job. It was, it's so, it, it was so... Uh, they sold the shit out of that part. It's so good. I would I would honestly say that the, the whole sequence itself plays out better in the anime than it does in the manga. In the manga, it, it's really confusing as to who's <laughs> inside who. And you have to really keep... Because it, it's never reiterated who's mm. inside who. Gotcha. Like it is in the manga because they're not they don't they don't really start with you know someone's looking at Trish and they say Mister it's like no they just talk to her and it's like okay but you have to keep that in your mind constantly while you're reading it and it's like yeah eh. so, I mean br- brilliant story like development but you know really confusing to keep up with if you're just reading it yeah I think the anime ben- yeah like the anime for sure benefits a whole lot from just the actors. But yeah, like mm-hmm. shout outs to them. They sold the shit out of that part and I really enjoyed that. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Also, we have to we have to talk about Turtle Polnareff. Turtle like, Polnareff. Hey, so <clears throat> hold on, hold on, hold on. <clears throat> hey, hey, Giorno. Giorno. Turn over the turtle. It's Turtle Polnareff. <laughs> <laughs> For I how long have you been waiting with that reference? I've been waiting all season to do it because I knew it was coming. That part just got me laughing too hard because it's like, it's like you know, it's JoJo. You're you're expecting the the bizarre, the weird, but then it's like, oh, Polnareff is a fucking turtle now. Okay. Yeah, and he's Soka. got his fucking. He's got his Yasoka, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's just he's he's dead essentially. So what your it's his spirit or his soul that sort of bonded itself to the turtle. And you're like, okay, which like, oh, we find right. out, which we find out is the, um, is basically the, the, the ability of Silver Chariot Requiem. Yeah. So Chariot Requiem. It's an interesting, it's an interesting ability. I don't exactly see what its purpose would be. <laughs> like, I don't know. Cause technically we only see Chariot Requiem in Berserker mode. So Polnareff has no control over it. So we don't really know how it works when he is, like, in full control, unlike with another Requiem stand, which we'll get to. Um, And it kind of makes sense that it goes berserk because it's a stand that's lost its user. Yeah, pretty much, which is a cool concept, honestly. Yeah. Like, we already have autonomy. Which kind of also goes against what we've heard about stands in the past, that when a stand user dies, the stand dies. No, but we do do have autonomous stands. We do know, Mm -hmm. like, they do exist. But this one specifically is interesting because... It's like what was the stand in part four that attaches oh, itself to ch- robots? Oh, uh, cheap trick. Cheap trick. That's an autonomous stand. Yeah, and you have a few others, but like the interesting things about this, like the others, that just ha- also notorious big. Um, mm. but the thing is with the other stands, that's like that's their function. But with Chad Requiem, like if Polnareff were to still be alive, supposedly, I guess it would f- Requiem would function a bit differently. I think. It's not mm-hmm. super clear. Yeah. Also, I, I want to talk about the the like design of Requiem. Oh, it's fucking the awesome. Silver Chariot Requiem. Um, this I, I think it, you kind of mentioned it, and I didn't actually think about it until I read what you wrote about it. Um, this kind of goes back a little bit to part one and Araki's sort of embrace of Victorian horror. Yeah. Because like the design of of Silver Chariot Requiem looks a lot like something you'd see in a Victorian horror novel. Yeah, it's like this shadowy figure. It's like, and also like this texture that they've drawn him with. It's like so, 
weird. It's like liquidy, but not really. Yeah, it's almost like a cloudy liquid. Yeah, it's 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 really weird. And like and like we talk about the horror in general. I mean, like its power is really like something that feels very much an Araki type of horror, which is just plays on with body horror and stuff, which is really cool. It's like yeah, it's it's fun. It's always fun when JoJo goes back to like the the horror parts of it because every single part of the of the anime and the manga has horror in it but it's always fun to see it like reemerge and resurface yeah it's why i will never say that part one is bad it's because they i mean iraqi must still think it was pretty good because he kept kind of referencing it with that mm. to some extent yeah um but yeah cherry requiem is like th- that whole section with it, it's really fun i really it is like a it's, lot of fun it's kind of it, it turns into like this like keep away game <laughs> yeah it's like you're chasing after this thing, but you don't know how to approach it. It's like, what the fuck do you do? Yeah, it's a it's a keep away game where like the penalty for losing is you fucking die. <laughs> um, Ooh, also, speaking, be- oh, go ahead. Just before we move on, also shoutouts to Bruno being like being in Diavolo's uh, mm. body because I don't, I don't know why, but that whole section it's like, oh, Diavolo is is cool now because it's Bruno. It's like, okay, sure, what the fuck. Yeah. It's like this is cool now. We're just going to ignore this. Yeah, <laughs> he's standing right next to us, this person we've been looking for the whole time, but we're not going to like yeah, kill okay. him or anything. He has sticky fingers. <laughs> it's okay. Um, uh, but speaking of, of death, um, we gotta we gotta talk about my boy. Uh, uh, a lot of death. Yeah. No, well, we, uh, one death in particular, which is the only time when I've been reading a, a shonen manga I've ever cried. I have to say, is when mm. when everyone realizes that Narancha has just been like unceremoniously just killed. Yeah, and there's no, and of course, of course, Araki's gonna put in death flags because Narancha starts talking about like I'm gonna go back home and go, to, go school back to school and eat lots of pizza, and I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, ever since no, like. Ever since I, I, part two, it, it, Araki just likes going for the gut punch with that. It's like, okay, here's one scene, here's another. Oh shit, someone's dead. It's like, god yeah. damn it. But that that I don't know. That scene really got to me when I was reading the manga, and it's like it, it it's kind of shocking, honestly. Like it's you, super you got shocking. the death flags, you got the death flags like immediately before it happens, but then like it still has this element of shock to it that you're just not prepared for. Yeah. It's especially because Naranch is a good boy. He's so wholesome. It's that. It's also that. It just feels like uh, I don't know. It's shocking because it comes out of left field and because it feels so like why just why like it 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 goes back to the cruelty of Diavolo and how he just doesn't care doesn't care and obsessed with like no I'm going to make this right I'm like I'm going to come on top and remain on this throne I built all these years. Like, uh, in in a way, he's vicious. probably the he's probably the JoJo's villain who is most like Dio. Mm. In that in that regard, where Diavolo only cares about being on top and staying on top. The thing with Diavolo, though, that's even more fascinating because unlike Dio, like this Diavolo is the status quo, right? Mm. Like from yeah. the beginning of the series it's like, of the show, he's like he's the big guy. He's like he owns everything. He he got where he wanted to get. It's, a bit similar to Kira, he got where he wanted to in life, and he wants to stay in that position, obviously. 
Mm-hmm. He's a f- actually, yeah. I, 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 I like to think of it as um, Diavolo is the like amalgamation of the two of the best parts about Dio and Kira put together into one character. Mm. That's kind of why it's kind of why I like him so much as a villain because he has that sort of air of mysteriousness like Kira had, but yet yeah. he's also like innately psychotic and sociopathic like Dio. Yeah. Is he your favorite villain from JoJo? <sighs> I don't I know. Um I really love the villain from Far 7. <laughs> Hmm. One day, um, one day we'll get one, to that. Yeah, one day, fifteen years from now, maybe. <laughs> yeah. When part eight is still going on. <laughs> um, and I, I love Dio. Is just such an iconic villain. It's hard for me not to say that he's not my favorite. Mm, um, gotcha. He's just such an iconic manga and anime villain at this point. Right. And so many, so many. He's like the epitome of a mustache twirling villain. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um. Yeah, but anyway, back to part five. Also, yeah. like, aside from Narancha, which again was like that—that's probably like the most shocking deaths, uh, mm-hmm. even more so than Abakio, because Abakio you like sort of saw it coming because he was on Diablo's like sort of um, uh, uh, on his sights, right? He was aiming mm-hmm. for that guy. He was looking for him. But also Dopio, that poor bastard is dead. Yeah, that just that little poor frog boy is dead. You know what's sort of tragic about it is that, because okay, so we already talked about it. That Diavolos is sort he has this sort of split this uh, personality disorder, right? To some extent, mm-hmm. and it's so interesting that like, like the way I see it, like first there was Dopio and or to or a version of that, and then Diavolos sort of manifested in that person, right, and became the dominant. Um, personality or soul or whatever you want to refer to it but it's so tragic how dopio always because it seems like dopio never like realized he like he is the boss to some extent so to see like like uh, like waiting for a call from the boss like just sort of i don't know if validate uh, like a call of validation or something looking for him and then like never getting that call again just something so sort of tragic about it i don't know why it, it, i don't know why that seemed like, well, and he also dies believing that he failed the boss. Yeah, also. Even though he is the boss. Yeah. it's a, <laughs> The whole dynamic with Dopio and, and Diablo is such a fascinating fascinating topic. Like Again, one of the things I love about him as a villain is because yeah, for there's sure, so much for you sure. can look at with it. It's not like yeah. Dio where it's like this, ha, 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 I'm going to kill everyone. Or it's not yeah. like Kira, it's like, just leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's like... I'm sometimes sometimes to blame for that, but sometimes you tend to forget that Dopio and Diablo are the same sort of character, and you you should look at them. Which this, no, the what, I w- I would argue that's a sign of good writing. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, one hundred. If you can agree. make if you can make the if you can make the audience forget that this character with a split personality is not actually just one character, that's a sign of really good writing, in yeah. my opinion. I'm gonna miss that poor bastard. I know. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to going back to Requiem stands for a minute. What do you think of the whole concept of Requiem stands? Because so, if you think about it, even though yeah. it wasn't called that back in part four, it's pretty uh, much that. Yeah, Killer Queen is kind of a Requiem stand. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I'm okay with the concept. It's like, it's like, it's like, sure. Like, 
a one in a million person can like attract the arrow again and will receive this overpowered ability. It's like, okay, fuck it, why not? I mean, hmm. I wonder how far they'll take it in the next few parts. They probably will because Araki is a madman. Um, but we'll see. Like, I, I don't have much to say. Like, so far, all we've seen from it is just overpowered abilities. So it's like, yeah, I like wonder how much. Insanely it... overpowered. Yeah. It's like Bite the Dust and Requi- Chariot Requiem and Gold Experience Requiem. It's like all of them, like, fucking forces of nature, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. And it's like once they get started, it... they can't be stopped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Although, sort of like, like mm. how uh, Silver Chariot's like everyone around the Coliseum is like falling over and switching bodies. And like, okay. Sort of, yeah. I don't want to like ask too much, obviously, because I'm not gonna read the manga. I'll wait for part six, like a like a like, like a dumbass that I am. Pleb. Exactly, but I wonder what what Araki is going to do with it in part six. I'm I'm excited. It's I a cool will, possibility. I will I will not say anything, <laughs> even though I know exactly how to answer your question. Okay, I can already, so okay. but but before before we. Uh, move on um shall we say goodbye to bruno i mean we called it many many episodes ago but yeah it was about time yeah um i think what a send off i think we all knew it was coming we just didn't know exactly what form it would take what a fucking send off to a character i know right it's like okay i'm dead but listen i'm gonna fucking destroy my soul right in front of you so you can see exactly how much of a fuck i give what a boss, dude. Bruno is Bruno was such a uh, what a bro. Like honestly, all of the bros in this part were top tier, but Bruno, what a fucking mom. I know. <laughs> He's such a mom squad. Best Okasan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love the way that he went out. Like he he before when he quote unquote died and turned into the zombie Bruno, like that wasn't on his own terms, but it's like For sure. in this, this time when his, I guess you would say his spirit finally passed. Yeah. Um, it was on his own terms and it was, it was very, very, um, well, it was definitely useful to the plot, but, um, it was, had more meaning behind it. Yeah. He's like, he did his part. He, he gave it all. And it's like, okay, it's time to go. Yeah, like if he had died when they first met, like he, he did die when they first met Diavolo, but um, if he had just died and gone away, kind of like Fugo did, although Fugo didn't die, um, <laughs> he's dead to me. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it would have been so. The ending would have been so different. It wouldn't have had near as much gravitas as it had. Yeah, because. Bruno is the leader of the group, although to some extent, Giorno is like the driving force behind them. So it will be, it would have been an interesting, like, sort of void to to the group if Bruno would have died that day when he yeah. Like, I feel met like Diavolo. I feel like if Bruno had like died and gone away from the story, I feel like Abakio probably would have taken over. Mm-hmm. Which would Probably. have made a very interesting dynamic between him and Giorno because they weren't exactly the best of friends. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of what Abakio did was just because Bruno told him to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is interesting. But but yeah. it goes back to the theme of, like, resolve. Like, Bruno's resolve to see this mission through. See, is like, trying to keep his, like, to some extent, family safe, you know, with the gang. Yeah. 
and like you know just giving one last like a a final blow to Diablo just before he's leaving. Yeah. All right. Can we talk about the OP changes uh, for a moment? <laughs> okay. Okay. So, I mean, you and I probably both thought to ourselves that this is going to be a change, like obviously. But well, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't expecting something. I didn't know yeah. what I was expecting, but I was expecting something. Yeah, I was hoping for something, like, but holy shit, did they deliver with this new OP? God damn! <laughs> when uh, when King Crimson comes in and, like, disrupts the OP? And, but uh, he comes in and disrupts the OP and, and starts talking in Italian and stuff, but then... Like, literally perfect fucking Italians. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so fucking good. And... Shoutouts to the voice actor, because apparently the Japanese voice actor is talking in Italian, which is... Yes, yeah, it is Diavolo's voice actor that's talking in Italian. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely props to to that dude. Yeah, um, that was hype as fuck. Yeah, uh, I also love the fact that as... Because we got that OP, that version of the OP from, what was it, 30... Was it 34 on? Uh, something like that. Yeah, um, and... There were subtle changes after Gold Experience. Well, I say subtle. They weren't exactly subtle. But they were definitely changes to the OP again after Gold Experience Requiem came So in. now we have three variations of an awesome OP. I'm, I'm okay yes. with that. Yes. The moment I, I love the I love the fact I love the fact that in the the final uh, final two times we see the OP um, when Gold Experience Requiem comes in it's like it's literally undoing everything that oh it's so fucking cool. that okay in King case Crimson so, is done yeah like if anyone was ever like thinking oh Jorno is not like the strongest Jojo do it he fucking reclaims the opening from the villain no other Jojo yeah. did that before yeah no other Jojo has taken the disrupted OP and changed it back to what it was also oh mm, the fan service the fucking Dio pose he does I know the oh when he looks oh. back and it's got that light behind him it's like oh my god like father like son. I screamed when that happened. I was like it's fucking deal because honestly like <laughs> I can just imagine you fangirling during the OP like ah yeah I, that's what I did. I should have recorded it. Fuck, but it's like mm, like the, JoJo there there isn't a whole lot of fan service in the show like in terms of callbacks like there is interconnected. Interconnected elements between the parts, but not something I would say is fan service. But w- the moment I saw the Dio pose in tra- in Traders Requiem, the OP, the Requiem version, it was so fucking good. I was just so giddy and happy. Mm, for sure. And also, they finally used the that part of the song, which is also great. I like that. Yes, th- the whole song is really good. Yeah, it's a good um, banger. Um. <laughs> I, uh, well, I was going to say something else about it, and I got so uh, wrapped up in the Dio pose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, something I was expecting for the OP, I was expecting uh, at least one version where we got sound effects. We kind of got that when, yeah. when we, got, um, we got Gold Experience Requiem come in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was only for the parts when Gold Experience Requiem comes in and after. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, the previous version, like, the Diablo version of the OP, I think one of the episodes has um, and sound effects from beginning to end, and then with the Gold Experience, only once, like, the, uh, like, once it cancels Diablo's power, only the sound effects comes in, which is interesting. Yeah. 
I don't have much to say about it. But it's it's cool. I like it. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that you and I were a little disappointed about was the fact that we didn't get a quote-unquote units version of yeah. the OP, which we could definitely got in parts three and in parts four. Especially in four, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I, we, I think you and I were kind of both looking forward to that, and we didn't mm-hmm. get it. However, I'm not entirely unsatisfied with what we got. No. Uh, again, maybe like our expectations were just a bit too high, but... It almost felt right for... Uh, I don't know, like... Again, I'm going to rewatch the finale again, just because we'll get to it later, some other parts I'm a bit iffy about, but... Uh, I just didn't give this a fair shot because it was, I, ke- I, I kept expecting that, like, a Unit's version to come up. But it's like, That's it's a shame it's enough. not there. Yeah, it's a shame it's not there, but it's like, whatever. Yeah. Alright, well, uh, I guess now we, ha- we definitely have to talk about the final fight. The I I I preface that quotation of the 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 final fight. It's the final fight with the main villain Diablo. It's not the final fight in the anime, yeah, or the story for Um, sure. What what did you think about this fight? Because there's a lot of a lot of people in the JoJo's community have really mixed feelings about how this fight played out. I'll tell you what I for me the fight this fight sort of started uh, back when they enter the Colosseum, honestly. So for me, like, in my opinion, the fight began, like, five episodes ago. <laughs> so to me, it's, like, it's been fucking awesome. Like, this whole build-up and the chase of Chariot Requiem and the eventual retrieval of the arrow and that whole back-and-forth with Diavolo inside uh, Mista's body. And that that whole, like, this group of episodes feel like the final fight. So I'm, I was super... I, I really enjoyed it, and... Then, like, watching it week to week was super tense and super, like, you know, exhilarating and, you know, frightening. But, and I can't wait to rewatch the show and, like, see how it plays out, like, in a binge session. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm super happy about the final fight um, turned out because, and I get why some people view, like, this final, like, the final two episodes or only one of them actually is the final fight with Diablo. But, Let's be frank. It started back when they entered the Coliseum. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. I'd like I'd like to point out my prediction at the very beginning of this was right. They did the final fight in five episodes. That's right. You did say that. I figured that's about. I I, I judge that based on the pacing of the first twelve episodes, and I I just I had a feeling that this was it was going to be yeah. about five episodes. I forgot about that. Yeah, and it turned out to be almost exactly five episodes. It's like five episodes and then <coughs> one scene in, in in a sixth. Yeah, it was fucking great. I I love I love this entire section of the story. This entire final fight with Diablo was fucking awesome. It's great. Yeah, I I love the way it played out. I love the fact that it it basically the entire fight revolved around a game of essentially keep away mm-hmm. from a, a stand that was going berserk because it had lost its uh, user, um, and also it's a game of who the fuck is who. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's, it's like, tense, but it's a lot you? of fun. Can I trust you. Yeah, that old section where Jordan is like approaching. Uh, oh fuck, which one of them was it? Um, it was, was approaching. It, it was Trish. Yeah, it was approaching uh, who, Trish. Yeah, Trish and Mister and Trish's body. Mister and Trish's body. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that old, but you know that, what? You know what that entire scene reminded me of? Oh, you're approaching. Me. You're approaching me. <laughs> Can't can't check the how many souls you have. If I don't come any closer, <laughs> we'll come any closer. That that whole bit was awesome. I just ah. 
I also uh, love the fact that Giorno was basically relying on the fact that Diavolo wouldn't be able to to keep the secret forever, like who he was inside yeah. of. Yeah. And he's like, he's just, he basically utilizes the strategy. I'm going to fucking coax him out with his own fucking humility. Yeah. Which is great. The whole conflict between Giorno and Diavolo, while not like being outright, like, you know, it's not spelled out to you, but the whole like dynamic between them is like really cool. In my opinion. Um, it's like, yeah. it's interesting because like the thing about Diavolo's power is pretty much like, skip the uh, like skip the process get to the result right and that's how he's like trying to outdo fate and r- remain in his throne or whatever but Jorno's whole deal is like no i'm gonna stick with my resolve and i'm gonna see this through like which has one kind step of at a time. been which has kind of been the theme of the entire part can you yeah. fight fate yeah and to some extent you can't but can you i mean uh... <laughs> To some, to, I would say that the the outcome kind of shows that to some extent you can change fate, but it's it requires a lot of resolve on your part. Resolve and sacrifice, and sa- a lot of sacrifice. A lot of so sacrifice. much blood. <laughs> um, I will say a lot of people do say that the um, the final fight and the way it ends in general, which we're about to get to, um, is very very anticlimactic. I can certainly see where a lot of people come from with that. Um, we're, we were so used to in like in parts, I would say in parts one through four, honestly, where um, you got to the the final fight and it was absolutely epic, and you know that was where it ended. There might in the in the anime adaptations you might get like a you know where are they now at the end, but that was it. That was what you got. Yeah, um, but it's interesting. That's what, because, not what we got this time. But but it's interesting because like if we're talking about the like the the fate of the villain because in part four like the end of, like Kira's death is sort of anticlimactic that's the point so like that's true he gets run over ad- by a fucking ambulance yeah best fight in the show Kira versus ambulance but anyway <laughs> but Diablo's fate is so I, I love I love it it's so fucking good because again Diablo is a guy who's trying to outdo fate and like remain for eternity on his throne and you know rule and it's like okay now you're gonna keep dying for eternity. Here's your immortality yeah. you wanted so much. Yeah, he has to suffer through endless deaths over and over oh, I, and over oh, and over. I love how trippy that sequence is. It's so good. Also, I, I want to say uh, to the people who say that it's anticlimactic, okay, I can sort of get what you're saying, but it has a lot of poignant like gravitas to it because the per you, you kind of expect going in that the person who's going to kill the, the main villain is going to be the main jojo or at least you know someone involved with the main jojo of the part mm-hmm. and I mean, that's kind of what we get because Giorno <laughs> knocks him into the fucking river but who actually kills him is a fucking drug addict homeless person who's hooked on the drugs that he was pushing yeah I'm a-okay with that. That's satisfying. There's That's a lot satisfying. of poetic justice to that. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of people who think that the ending is anticlimactic don't really see that so much. Maybe you think maybe the anticlimactic um, like argument is more about the like the next the, bit the, of the episode. Yeah, the we'll Rolling Stones and Sleeping Slaves. Yeah, maybe it's related to that, honestly. Because I think, yeah, I think a lot of people. I think if it had ended right when Diavolo dies and experiences his, his over and over and over again deaths, and then you may maybe you see like a "Where are they now?" sequence um, at the yeah. end. I think people might have been more sympathetic to that. 
but I think but it yeah, would have been too easy. It, I think that would be the, it would have been. Easy. I think I I honestly think that the whole rolling stones thing. Yeah, it's certainly it's not what you're expecting. Um, so after the final fight, for sure. So let's talk about that. The all like Rolling okay. Stones episode and Sleeping Slave arc in general. But, yeah, it's kind of it's certainly new for JoJo's to have the ending be something that happened before the beginning. Yeah, it sort of recontextualizes most of the part, honestly. It does. It puts a lot of context into stuff that came before, especially it puts a lot of context into why Bruno was working so damn hard to get this to work. To get you know what they were doing going after the boss to work. Yeah. Um, I personally I love it. Um, I love the fact that there's a fucking rock called Rolling Stone. <laughs> yeah, um, the whole that that's awesome. Like I really also it appeared in uh, Modern Crusades from the beginning, so that's cool. It did, and you probably didn't even think about it until you saw Rolling Stone. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, it does so appear cool. in the ED, the Modern Crusaders ED, uh, for sure. Um. But yeah, I, I like it because, as you say, it gives so much context to what comes throughout most of the part. It it kind of ties up a nice little bow on the overall theme of the part, which is fighting fate and having enough resolve to fight it. Yeah. Um, and it also gives a lot of context to some stuff that uh, Bruno says throughout the part five. Yeah, and it's like, I get, that's the only thing I'm, I just, I don't know what I, I, I how I feel about it. Because it does, like, I get what Araki was going for. I just don't know if, like, I don't know if it works for me. Again, I'm going to rewatch it, and I'll probably after that rewatch, I'll, like, be, I'll have a more solid opinion on it. But it's like, mm. and I do like it. I just don't know if, like, I'm 100%, like, accepting the way it was executed, right? Because it yeah. feel it, it feels out of nowhere at first, but you're you're like okay, I guess I I get I get what they're trying to do. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people feel like it was just a Rocky's. I I assume a lot of people feel like it was a Rocky's way to give the part more closure than just ending it after the final fight. Which it does. Let's be fair. It does give it more closure. Um, yeah. It, it's so strange because again, as you said, we, there was never a part before that was structured like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, and again, it does reinforce the whole like aspect of like, okay, so basically, basically, Rolling Stone is like fate, and the moment Mista is trying to fight fate, it sort it causes like not only Bruno, Bruno's fate to be sealed, but also Bacchus and Narancha. But we do, they do manage to, like, so mm, it's it's interesting, like, like philosophical discussion i guess it's like okay the moment you try to run away from fate or try and like go against it it does change but maybe for the worse mm-hmm. even although like the outcome of this whole story does go for the better but it it required more sacrifices than maybe there would have been at the if they wouldn't have like messed up with rolling stone you know yeah well, it also it also kind of plays into this idea of if you know how and when you're gonna die, does that make your death, you know, does it make your death easier to take? Mm. Interesting. Didn't, because that's part that. of that's part of what Rolling Stone is about. Like the whole thing where they talk about the um, the sculptor and the girlfriend committing suicide. Right? She, she accepted the, her fate that moment. She, yeah. Yeah, she knew that she was going to get the same disease that her father was and that her organs could help her father. 
Yeah. So I, she decided, well, I'm going to die from this anyway, and he can actually be helped from it, so my death can actually mean something for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of the, that's what Rolling Stone is really about, and it's... I don't, to me, it it puts a really nice bow on the part as a whole. It may not be what people were expecting from the end of the part, but mm-hmm. it definitely puts a it puts a nice bow on the themes and uh, and the character arcs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, I I, I like it. I I, th- I I think I I do. It just I need to like I don't know. It's interesting. It's it's really strange. <laughs> it is. It, it it's. It's a de- I would argue it's it's a deeper ending than most JoJo endings. Could be. I don't know. That would be an interesting discussion one day. But that's <clears throat> that's pretty much. Oh, and we oh we got to talk about the final the final scene though. Black oh, Giorno. That beautiful Black Giorno. So fucking Corleone. At the <laughs> Jesus. Um, at the beginning when we first started doing these, I questioned David Productions' decision to keep Jojo or keep Giorno wearing the pink outfit. I now know why they did it because Mm -hmm. I I realized that the pink and the black make a much better contrast than blue and black. Yeah. Yeah. It looks really good. Also like Mista's color scheme in that ending. And also Mm. I I like the little details of like next to Polar. If you have a, what was it? A flower, a zipper and And the turtle. And and a turtle and no, but also like another. I can't remember what the third memento was, but it's like in honor of the gangsters that died. You know, oh, like it was a, it was a bottle of wine. Yeah, the bottle Abakio. of wine. Yeah, yeah. Because so I, I think fu- it was the same. I think it was the same wine that Abakia was drinking when they first met Giorno. Mm, could be. Yeah, but that that was mistaken. like that was a nice little small little lady that I really I really yeah. like. And it's got a Godfather vibes vibes yeah. at the ass. Like seriously, when the, you'd see the people kissing his hand, and he's like looking down with the stern look, and also, I'm thinking, God. Yeah. Also, the OP has been like showing that part for us ever since it's it started airing, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and then it just fades out, and you see Parte Cinque, Fine. Ah, <laughs> uh, I was one. I will say, like, I, I'm sort of curious, like, what's up with Trish. Yeah, that's the one it's, detail. Uh, I'm like, mm, yeah. where is she? I mean, probably just ran far away. <laughs> Went back to Sardinia to do yeah. absolutely nothing. To sip sparkling water. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I, I, I bet some people ship her with mist after that whole body oh swi- the switching switcheroo. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um... But yeah, no, that was like I like that ending. I really like that ending. I love the final scene for sure. It's yeah, just it's, it's really satisfying. Uh, kind of like the final scene of part four, where you see yeah. Josuke's final pose, where it's like, yeah, let's go, boom, let's go, boys. Mm. That's the only thing that could have made this better, and it, of course, it wasn't in the anime. The only thing that could have made it better is if Giorno like struck a pose right at the end, and then it went to the it, like the end card. Mm. How does it end in the manga? What's like the final bit? Pretty much the, the same way. And okay. it's the exact same way where you see Giorno having his hand kissed by some randos in a chair. You have Mista holding the window open, and it just says "Part Five End." Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm okay with this. I, I really like how this end ends. 
It's pretty satisfying. I do too. All right. Well, now that that's over with, what are our overall th- thoughts of part five? Um, I, I, I mean, let me start out by asking you this. So you've seen the anime adaptations of parts one through five now. Yeah. Um, and having not read the anime or the read the manga, uh, I personally think that this is the best adapted part so far. Because uh, some of the stuff that was added actually was really, really good for the context that we got. Right. Um, and I think none of it seemed like filler. I mean, it, it totally. In, in theory, I mean, it, it technically was filler, but none of it felt like filler. It felt like stuff that may have actually been written by Iraqi. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I, in my personal opinion, this is num- this is the best adapted part so far i also think that this is one of the best manga adaptations i've ever watched mm. like this is up there with k-on in its levels of manga adaptation i will like i've said it many times and now that it ended i i do stand by that statement part five is the best season of jojo yet for sure in terms of like in terms of the production and like from Talking to you about it, it seems the adaptation, like the quality of the adaptation, and just the, in terms of production itself, yeah, by far it's the best season. It's it's great. It's, it was a lot of fun. Is it my favorite part? I think that still goes to. Um, we'll touch on that later, but I think part four still takes the cake for me. But yeah, part five is still like the best season so far, easily. Yeah. It's like the the quality of the animation, all the flourishes they threw in. Small details and st- like we talk, we talk about the fan service they put in this and the amount of love and passion they have for the project. It's, it's yeah, it's great, and the fact that it's ultra violent and they censor very little of it. Yeah, yeah, because JoJo censors a shit lot, a shitload. At least if we look at previous parts, but this one, damn. Yeah, especially, <laughs> especially part three. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Fucking, I, yeah. I don't know. I just I think in terms of manga adaptations, it's it's way up there. Um, not even just in terms of JoJo adaptation. I'm mean, just in manga anime adaptations in general. It's it's yeah. really up there. Uh, props to David Production. I, I think I think a round of applause. Definitely. I think we were bitching before this got announced about how long they were taking if it was ever going to happen. It kind of became a meme. Part five win. Uh, but I think now seeing the final product, I'm I'm glad that they didn't rush into this because it probably yeah. wouldn't have been near as good. Yeah, I'm super happy with how this turned out. It's it's been a wild ride, and I enjoyed every second of it. It's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. and I'm super and, happy that they did it. They've done it justice. Yeah, and I you know I know now the meme is going to be part six win. Um, I, if it takes another two years, I mean, so be it. If if we can get a quality adaptation like we got with part five, if by waiting a couple years, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, it would just be nice to have some kind of announcement before two years that hey, we're working on this. Just wait. Yeah. Not I'm, I'm I personally, did... I, I, I personally think that after the uh, ending of the currently airing anime Fire Force, which is being done by David Productions, I think we're going to get some kind of an announcement about something JoJo's anime related after that. Hopefully, I don't know yeah. if it'll be part six. It could be another OVA for maybe, I don't know. Purple Haze feedback? Purple maybe? Haze feedback, just say. Please? Please, maybe? <laughs> Please, David Production? <laughs> I know uh, it's not cause... starring Rohan, but Please? But, I mean, we did get the two Rohan OVAs in between parts four and five, so it's not un you know unheard of that we might get another OVA in between parts five and six. I'm pretty Honestly, sure. 
I'm pretty sure based on how well part five did as an anime, we will definitely get a part six adaptation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a question of if but when. But honestly, back to Purple's feedback, do you reckon like how many like OVS do you reckon they'll need if they are going to adapt it? I think if they did two 30-minute OVAs, they could probably adapt most of the story. Okay, that's reasonable. Let's yeah. let's cross our fingers for that. Yeah, just more Fugo, please. Yeah, apparently some pretty of... boy. Shoutouts to I mean, shoutouts to that one scene after Narancha Narancha dies and it cuts to Fugo walking in the streets alone and looking pretty depressed, looking up to the sky and seeing this like bird that represents Narancha flying away. I know, right? Oh god. Was that in the manga as well? Uh, no. Ho ho, ho ho, David production. <clears throat> yeah, I know, right? Um, I don't, I don't remember Fugo ever being in the manga after he leaves. Hmm. That was a well, except nice except in detail. the except in the you know Rolling Stone. Yeah, obviously. Because that takes place in the past. Um, but uh. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to get uh, OVA or maybe even a couple of OVAs for Purple Haze feedback if we could. That's a really good story. If you haven't read it, I definitely recommend it. It's technically not canon because it's not written by Araki, but uh, um, Araki likes it. <laughs> Fair um, enough. So uh, I think that probably the best way to kind of start to wrap this up What's your favorite like moments, stands, characters, scenes, fights mm. from part There's five? So many. Like I can tell you what my favorite my favorite moment is, and, it, and I, it, part of it's my favorite moment for how well it was adapted. Go for it. I'm gonna say the seven page Muda during oh, the Oasis and Green Day fight. So good, so good. Uh, oh, just the yeah. animation during that was absolutely beautiful. Also, the voice acting in that was so satisfying. Fucking machine guns rolling. Oh. So, oh, so good. Also, yeah. that's the thing. Like when I think about part five, and I'm like, and I think to myself how much I liked it, and if there were things about it I didn't really like enjoy or found lacking, I keep, I come back to all of these really top tier fights like again with Chocolata with Prosciutto and Beach Boys and Grateful Dead and with Diablo the multiple fights we had with him and just so much clever use of 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 the stand system which Araki just I don't know how he keeps doing it and just he knows how to write fucking awesome fights Mm -hmm. and but it's not only that it's the characters how much that because I'm gonna be honest when I when before part five aired, I wasn't really thinking I'm gonna really connect to these guys that much. I was like, ah, they look cool, but whatever. Um, but I love every every single one of not only the main cast, but also La Squadra and again Diablo himself, and just there's so much to love about this part. I don't know. I, I will say though one thing that does like the more I think about, it, the more I like it and just sort of connect with it. That whole theme of like, okay, maybe you can change fate, but if you, like, have enough resolve and stick to it and go through, even through even through sacrifice and, like, hardships, even if you keep, str- like, stay strong and keep going, you will reach, quote-unquote, the truth or your goals or whatever. It's such a 
fucking empowering empowering message that I can get behind. I'm just I don't know. It's so fucking good. Yeah. <sighs> It's it's so fresh in my mind. It's very hard for me to pinpoint like <laughs> one specific thing that I'm like, yeah, this did depart for me. But I guess the I've whole theme a, of it stuck with me. I've got another. I got another moment. that's one of my favorites. It's from toward the beginning. Okay. And all I can say is it's vocal percussion on, on a whole other level, level coming, coming from, from my, my mind. mind. <laughs> the whole torture dance sequence. That's four panels in the manga, and David Productions turned it into a sixty-second long scene. Ah, uh, when that episode dropped, everyone lost their goddamn minds, and I enjoyed every every bit of it. It is, I, it's one of the greatest anime scenes of all time. Shoutouts to Yugo Kano and his soundtrack, dude. I Come know, on. right? Good job, dude. <laughs> Congrats for creating a bootleg version of Pussy Control. Exactly, exactly. Because uh, God knows you're never gonna act- have an actual Prince song in your anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right. But yeah, I, a lot of those moments from from early on where you're getting to know the characters and such, I really like that. Um, God, what's my favorite stand? Uh, I have to say, my favorite stand from a design perspective is probably Spice Girl. Yeah, Spice Girl for sure. She looks amazing. Um, but my favorite stand in terms of like actual favorite stand is probably Gold Experience. Uh, so OP. I, speaking of design, Gold Experience Requiem looks amazing amazing Looks- also shout outs to like the moment like R- requiem shows up and then jordan or like braid sort of breaks apart and his hair is like all like you know how it looks it looks amazing oh, i love it i love it so much yeah and i love how like when he talks the stan's mouth moves too requiem duh <laughs> duh duh <laughs> <sighs> I can't stop I gushing about this fucking show, dude. It, and it's it keeps getting better with each season. How do they do that? It's Araki. He just he forgets that he's so good. <laughs> Ar- Araki and David Production. I mean, God bless them. I I wish he'd remember how good he is and fucking finish part eight like now. Honestly, I, I just all I'm gonna say is, dude, maybe just drop it and then once it ends, keep going from the beginning. God. Give it a uh, first anyway, shot. Anyway, part eight is another animal entirely. Jesus Christ. Um, See you in part eight in ten years, boys. Yeah, ten. Uh, Twenty. <laughs> um, Rocky will be in his 90s before we get an anime of that, anime adaptation of that. Um, <laughs> For sure. I'm trying to think, like, are there any other stands that I really, really love? Um, I mean, honestly, like, the whole uh, Grateful Dead and Beach Boys, is, yeah, the, that dynamic that, is so good. That it's entire so fight is is really good because not only is it good utilization of stands, uh, a really creative utilization setting. of stands, but it's also a very creative utilization of the setting in which the fight takes place. Yeah, the whole like train like setting yeah. is so good. Yeah, it's, it's almost like oh. that whole Murder on the Orient Express vibe. Mm-hmm. So much fun. It's like, and and I know we haven't seen much of it, but Purple Haze is such a fascinating stand. Yeah, I really like it. The design yeah. is awesome. Also, um, and we got stands like Moody Blues, which isn't solely focused on combat, but works in other ways. And it's so it's so good. Also, shout out to the sound design of Moody Blues. That whole like telephone go- thing they were going also, through. Also, great. Also, uh, props to those camera angles where we see Moody <laughs> Blues' ass. Yep, I did give it the award of best ass of twenty eighteen. That ass. 
I mean, Easy you can win. give it to it in 2019 as well because you see it a Very couple true. more times. Very true. Um, Maybe I will. But yeah, uh, Moody, I, I like the fact that there were a lot of stands that were focused on things other than combat. There were like a lot of stands where you can see practical uses for them, <laughs> which is kind of interesting to see. Um, it's just there were so many good, I, as you say, Metallica this, this versus is, Dopio. So that was also such a good yeah, fight. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, you can just pick any any battle really and go, and you're you're pretty golden in this. Ha 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 ha. Um, yoshi, 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 yoshi. Okay. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> um. So I have to t- I have to ask um the main JoJo of this part, Giorno. Where does he stack up in your JoJo tier so far? So. I think he's up there. I, uh, I haven't ranked him in so long. I don't know. He is up there because, I mean, I don't know. Like, It seems like some people think he's boring. I think he's fucking awesome. Like, he's, he's like, super cunning. And he's, like, his resolve is, like, again, the driving force of this part, honestly. It's, like, yeah. it's it's great. I love it. And like, his contrast with Diablo is so, like, I, I don't know. But it's probably, like, I don't know how high I would put him. Hmm. I would certainly. I don't think I necessarily put him at the top, but it's somewhere in the top three for sure. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I should think so about it. Somewhere. Who was your favorite character in this part? Hmm. I think. Ah, uh, fuck. I am. Ah, uh, I don't know. Each character had their moment. It's so. Uh. Aside from Jorno, I think. Either and discounting Diablo as a whole because I, he is also in a league of his own, but either Trish or Mista, surprisingly. I really, really? like Mista. Yeah. Mista is such a good bro, dude. He is a bro. So is Bruno. Yeah, so is Bruno, but I, uh, I don't know. Can we can we classify Trish as a bro? Yeah. I'll classify <laughs> as a bro any day of the week. <laughs> what can you be me? a bro and have a vagina? For the record, she for the record, she was in Mister's body for a moment. So, just saying. Okay, but she complained about it the entire time. <laughs> uh, I um, I like Trish. I like. I think she's a good, a good Joe girl for sure. Joe gal. Yeah. Joe gal. Joe gal. Got Joe it. bros are Joe gals. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know. It's so probably like a year. I kinda, I'll have. I, I do. I do wish personally that she had had more like screen time. I guess. Mm, yeah. Um, she doesn't get that much that that many fights, but yeah. Yeah, she's. Still, I get she's what you're cool. saying. Yeah, um, she's just, also her design is like top tier. I will be very very interested to to hear when we finally see it what your thoughts about Jolene are in part six. Oh, I'm so fucking excited for Jolene, dude! I'm so pumped for her. It's gonna be so fucking good. Uh, I guess that's that's the, really the the last thing to say is like part six I think win part yeah. six win. I mean, it's gonna become the new meme. Um, I I'm personally gonna I'm, I'm gonna stick by it. I'm gonna say that when Fire Force finishes airing and David Productions wraps on that, we're gonna get some kind of announcement about either part six or a new JoJo's anime project. Um, yeah, probably 2021 is what we're looking at. Honestly, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at either very late 2020 or early 2021. Holy shit. 
Um, I still remember that day where you tagged me at that that Twitter post where they revealed part five, and I lost my mind. I was like, "It's a thing. It's finally happening." And when part like the first episode aired, how like excited both of us were, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like it's been I such mean, a fun ride. I, I none of us thought it was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. And, I do want to say this. This doesn't really have anything to do with JoJo's. It has more to do with David Production. But I'm very, very happy that, you know, David Production started solely as a company that wanted to do JoJo's anime adaptations because prior to what we got from them, the only anime adaptation we'd had of JoJo's was a very, very, very bad OVA (laughs) series from the 90s. And it's an adaptation of the second half of part three. Um, So I'm. No, I'm number one. I'm very, very glad that David Productions came along and started to do this. I'm also very happy for them that they have started to branch out and show that they have the ability to do things other than JoJo's and do them very, very well. Yeah. Um, I think you and I will both say Fire Force is certainly a show that's worth watching at least so far. I it's think a lot of fun. Five, yeah. There's only five episodes out at the time of this recording, but and it's also you like so- cells at work. I, I love Cells at Work. Season, I thought right? it was. I thought it was. I thought it was a great show. Some certainly different than JoJo's or Fire Force. Um, so far, I can only say that they've ever done one bad thing, and that's soccer on that. reset. We don't talk about that. Um, I don't know. I, I just. I'm assuming at this point they did it for the money. Yeah, <laughs> probably. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just. I'm very happy that David Productions seems to be coming into its own as a production studio, as and that they're starting to be known for more than just doing JoJo's. As good as that is. Yeah, and honestly, but and honestly, like we, it's like people, like we need to give them even more credit for actually putting JoJo on the map because without them, JoJo wouldn't have been that prevalent in the West at least as much as it is today. Yeah. Let's be frank. I mean, there was, but before this, these anime adaptations, the manga certainly did have a bit of a following here in the Marvel US. Marvel cult following, though, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you had to kind of really look for JoJo's fans, even at even at like anime conventions. There were you know JoJo's meetups, but they weren't near as what they are now. Um, but I I credit that almost solely with it's JoJo's explosion in popularity. I credit almost solely with David Productions. And it's yeah. it's been fun to watch, and I, I definitely hope they keep it up. Um, if Rocky didn't hurry up and finish part eight, they're gonna catch up to him really quick. Nah, we'll <laughs> be fine. I'm not worried. <laughs> but I I hope I hope I I hope they keep doing JoJo's. I hope we get a part six adaptation, even though it's my least favorite part of the manga so far. Honestly, um, for the record, a lot of people claimed how far was their least favorite part of the manga, and then it got an adaptation, and people are bananas for it. So. Just saying. Yeah, I know. I, I and I, I will listen. I will definitely take into consideration that David Productions can make that adaptation really, really good. I'm just gonna personally. I'm gonna temper my ad- expectations when we get a part six anime. Nope, um, I'm hyped as fuck. <laughs> but I, I do want to say one last thing. I, I feel almost vindicated. I, I've said it from the beginning. Part five is my favorite part of the JoJo's manga so far. Um, and I'm just so happy that David Productions worked really, really, really hard to give us the best adaptation they possible. Yeah. Of part five. So much love put into this project. It's so, yes. it's so good. Ah, yeah. 
so good. It, it definitely shows. It almost feels like it's a passion project, even though it, it probably is for a lot of people that work at David Productions. Yeah. Yeah. And good that, job, David Production. Yes. And with that, I think it's time to wrap this up. Natai, it's been really, really fun doing these reviews yep, of JoJo's Part 5 with you. We'll definitely have to do it again for Part 6 uh, in <coughs> two years. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> never. Huh? Yeah, never. <laughs> I'm wondering if there's – so when, when, when Part 5 ended, um, there was – like a, I think it was a Tumblr account – that every single day it's like it's been x number of days since the end of part four part five has not been confirmed i wonder if we'll have that now in part six. Oh, hopefully <laughs> that's a, that was a fun tumblr to keep track of the moment i know part right six was, part five was unveiled yeah i know uh but thank oh, you all you know oh, what sorry to ahead. cut you off yes this tumblr does exist yeah it, uh, it does thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us we hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you if you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast you can find us on youtube soundcloud itunes and spotify if you want to keep up with what we're doing you can join us on discord facebook twitter and our website shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have ideas for topics you would like for us to talk about in the future or shows you would like for us to cover links to all these things will be down below in the description as always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say yari yari daze anytime. Yari yari daze. Good answer, daze. Great answer. Quick, we need to get more references in. Justice. Justice. <laughs> Me parte. Requiem. Do you know, hey, Natai? What? Do you know what part five has been? What is it? It's been a gold experience for all of us. Mmm. <laughs>